Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Coach Unplugged is brought to you by great people over at teachhoops.com. For coaches who want to get better, from the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. Here is your host, Steve Collins. Welcome, everybody, to Episode 85. Thanks so much for joining us and taking time out of your busy day to come and listen to this uh, this old man do his podcast. Um, today, we don't have an interview. Today, I um, videotaped or audio taped a a speech that I kind of gave at a Hall of Fame club. And I think you'll find it uh, interesting. It's about high school basketball, kind of my perspective and uh, kind of the journey and had some great Q&A and at the end of it. So, um, but before we get to that, I want to say that if you're a coach and you're looking for resources, you're looking to, to, to broaden your game, you know, I, I know this time of year coming into the beginning of the summer, as a coach myself, this is a time that I start digging in the resources. I started grabbing the books and, and watching the stuff that I need to watch and kind of reevaluating what, what I need to do. And I would ask that you go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. You know, it's everything you need to become a better coach. And uh, especially for the high school coaches, maybe not necessarily for the youth coaches, but you have a lot of time right now. And uh, this is a great resource. It's 14 day free trial. I hope you'll hope you'll join our community. Um, if you like the show, please, I ask that you go in and subscribe and leave a review and we would love some five-star rank- rankings out there. That would really help us a lot, no matter what you're listening to or whatever way you listen to this podcast. But, um, so usually I go like, here's Johnny, but it's me today. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do. So I, I guess I could do here's Steve. Okay. So please welcome Steve Collins. So long time means I'm old, right? Yeah. Uh, not in this group. Yeah. Uh, so thank you. Uh, truly an honor um, to talk uh, about my program. Um, so I'm going to talk. I'm going to briefly talk about kind of our program. Uh, we were kidding about the 14 conference championships. There's. I've always said there's two types of coaches: coaches with talent and ex-coaches. Um, and I've had a lot of talent uh, over the last 14 years, or uh, 20 years, um, and that's why we won a lot of the games, I think. Um, this year's group, if you watch this year's group, this year's group was a pretty special group in the sense that we probably weren't the best team that we've had, but they were good. They were a good team. Um, they, listened, they listened to me, and, and in this generation, we'll talk about that briefly, in this generation, I call it the Snapchat, I call it the... Um, Generation, it's about a 30-second generation. My practices have really changed over the last 30 years um, in the sense that their attention span is very short. Um, it's crazy. So everything has to be short and precise. Um, this group was a unique group in the sense that we could have a two-hour practice and then we could go have an hour film session and they would pay attention the entire time. Um, so that was a unique thing from, from this year's standpoint. Um, 
let me just flip over so I don't forget anything. So me looking back over the last 20 years, it's been 19 years as the head coach at Memorial. I took the volleyball job, which every day I question a little bit. Uh, you know, that's a volleyball coach. I'm a basketball coach trying to coach volleyball. Um, but it was something that Bruce Dahman, any of you that knows Bruce Dahman, it was one of the last things he asked me to do, so I felt like I should do it for him. Um, and it is a long stretch from August to, to a couple weeks ago. It's, a, it's definitely a long stretch, so I'm not sure what I do with all my free time. Um, but looking back in the 20 years, um, and the people that know anything about Memorial Basketball, when I started 20 years ago, Memorial probably wasn't on the map. Um, but I had really good people around me. Um, I had a good youth organization that Bruce had started. Um, I was the only applicant for the job when, when, it, when it opened. <laughs> so that usually, that's usually a sign of walk, you should walk away when you're the only applicant. Uh, but, I, and I got the job in October. Bruce became the assistant principal and I got the job in October and the season started like four weeks later. So it was good because I probably didn't know any better at that point. Um, and 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 I like I said, it was uh, I've been blessed with really good talent. I knew Wesley Matthews was down the pipeline, so that's always a good thing when you know an NBA future NBA player is coming in three or four years. But um, that was our only losing season for for my staff and myself was that first year. Um, but you know, to put it in perspective, you know. Uh, I tried to come in and you know Bruce was Bruce kind of got the train moving out of the station and I had to convince you know the thing about teenage boys is you can you have to sell them on a daily basis <laughs> uh, I have found that uh, I'm married to a psychologist and a lot of co a lot of coaching is convincing them that they're sometimes better than they are <laughs> uh, so we spent a lot of time on that um, we started with Tri-County you know High school basketball has really changed in the sense that when I started, a lot of it was high school based. We would spend a lot of the summer together playing basketball. And AAU basketball and summer basketball, and the same thing is happening in volleyball, more on the girls' side, it's really becoming about the clubs. Um, you know, my guys were in Milwaukee last week, they'll be in Dallas next week, uh, they'll be in. I don't even know, Minneapolis. I mean, they travel, if they're in an elite AAU program, they're traveling all over the country. So I don't really see them to come, come spring. That's really changed in high school sports. Uh, you could see that if you watched the game last night. Uh, you know, we can talk about the officiating, but um, it, it, looked more like an, it looked more like an AAU game than it did a high school game in some respects. It was up and down the court, quick shots. Um, it looked like something you'd see in the middle of July. But that's changed. I used to fight that battle. I don't really fight that battle anymore. I know my boys are going to go off and they're going to play in the summer and they're going to play in the spring. So now we spend a lot of time in the month of June uh, with our team. And then I send them off into their world again in July to travel around and play 8,000 games on a Saturday, kind of like they, they normally do. Um, the WI has changed the rules in the sense that now I can have contact with them in the summer. So uh, it's a blessing and a curse <laughs> in the sense that, you know, all the coaches in the high school are basically trying to grab the same athletes. Um, and we had a discussion, we had a, personally had a discussion as a staff about the multiple sport athletes. Uh, they are a dying breed, especially in the bigger schools. 
Uh, it is really hard to be a three-sport athlete in the school of 2000. If you live in Belleville, uh, you live in a smaller town of, it's a little bit easier. I think the two-sport athlete is probably the more common occurrence, at least in Memorial now. The, you know, I think I had one three-sport athlete um, just because of the requirements that the, the coaches are demanding. And it's hard to make teams, too. You know, in a bigger school, it's hard to make the team. But it's becoming a year-round thing, um, which I'm not a fan of. Uh, you know, everyone's trying to keep up with the Joneses, but it's really something that, that's happening. Um, so just some more stuff about our program. You know, I, I've had the same as Kevin Klagas has been with me from the start, but I've basically had the same staff for a really long time which is really important. Um, if, you, if you watch this at the Cole Center, the communication I have with my staff is, uh, is tremendous in the sense that they're always throwing ideas at me. A um, lot of scouting. Uh, like you said, we're, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm basically at, at Memorial, I'm at home or I'm watching film or I'm scouting. Those are the four places from basically August. Um, and that's what you need to do to be competitive. Um, we, uh, we've done a unique thing in our program that I think has been a little bit of our secret sauce in the sense that we've, in the last, I'm trying to think, probably the last four or five years, we've gone a lot of trips. Um, so I'm just trying to think. So two years ago, we ended up going, well, we've been to Myrtle Beach. So we do, we do these so the kids don't miss school, so we do them over winter break. We've been to Myrtle Beach. We've been to Ocala. We've been to the Villages, which probably some people in here know the Villages that are in Florida. Um, we're hoping to go back there. The villages are great. I love the villages. Um, we uh, next year we're going to South Carolina. Um, so we do these trips over. You know the kids fundraise. We you know we we uh, we do things in the in the off season to do that. The kids basically pay for their plane ticket and then everything else is basically covered by the, either the organization. And it, the the basketball is great. We won a, we won the Kingdom of the Suns this year, which was in Akala, which is probably one of the top fifteen high school tournaments in the country. It's probably the reason we won conference and we were able to um, make a run at the state tournament was because of that tournament. Um, but the basketball is great. The reason I like it is it's kind of our retreat. Um, it's me with my boys for five or six days nothing against their parents, but away from their parents. Um, and it's kind of a, yeah, it's kind of an isolation. We basically spend a five, five or six days together just playing basketball. Um, so it's basketball eats, film, swim, basketball eat. I mean, they basically do the same thing for five or six days. It's, it's, it's helped bring my team, which are tend to be 12 or 13 separate people together. Um, so it's been something wonderful that we've been able to do. We've been doing it since, you know, with Wesley's group all the way back to 04 or 05, I think we went to St. Louis. We've always done something, and I think that's really helped us to be able to do that, that run of, of 14 consecutive conference championships. Um, so I talked about multiple sport athletes. Um, selling them, like I said, is, you know, we sit down with all of our boys and talk about roles, um, because not only am I a basketball coach, I really try to teach them to be young men, and obviously when they get a job or they get married or they work out, they're gonna have to figure out where they fit in the world. Um, and sometimes these are not comfortable conversations I have with them, but uh, I sit down with every kid, every kid that I cut, I sit down and talk to, every kid that I keep, I sit down and talk to face to face. And it's the same thing once, it, once we make our team, I sit down 
and this is your role as I see it right now. Can it change? Yes. Um, but kids don't, you would think kids would communicate better, but they don't. They don't communicate with each other. Um, you know, that, the social media has also almost made it worse. Um, they're communicating, but they're really not communicating. Um, it's kind of a weird thing. So it's something that we work on as a team. You know, if I want them to do it, I have to communicate with them. Um, been a lot of tears, a lot of upset kids, but um, it's taken care of. First of all, parent issues, I think, in my standpoint, because I'm, they might not like it, but at least I'm being honest with them. Um, and I think it takes care of the, some of the I don't Snapchat, which is actually the most popular high school thing. I don't do that, which I'm gonna try to figure it out. It takes me a while to figure all this stuff out. Uh, but, you know, when I, when there's an example, like uh, Billy Wilson, who was my point guard, won an award, got that award, um, delivered to my stats class. So I teach statistics and math. So it was delivered yesterday. And then we're also, as a school, reading a specific book. All 2,000 people in the school are reading this book, which is great. Well, anyway, they were both delivered. I took a picture of it. I put it on Twitter. You know, he saw it. He retweeted it. It, it was all this kind of social media interaction that, you know, him and I had. Um, that that's the world that they live in. So there's one of two ways that I think you can deal with it. You can ignore it and just pretend it's not there, or you can try to figure it out um, and try to join them as far as that goes. So um, I talked about the multiple sport athletes, Instagram, Snapchat. Um, like Pete was saying, I, I do a lot of different stuff. I have a podcast, which is, has kind of, you know, I get a little busy come basketball season. Um, so my podcast has kind of been sitting there and I haven't been doing a lot with it, but now I'm starting to do more with it. Um, you'll be, I'm amazed with how many people will, are being, are willing to be on your podcast if you just call them or email them. It's, it's crazy. Um, so I think I have five or six interviews this week that are going to be going up. Um, again, part of that, part of like Teach Hoops, which is one of, which is my website, um, where I basically have a website where I teach basketball, a little different than YouTube, um, is a little bit of me kind of knowing that I'm, I'm on the last stretch of the marathon as far as my coaching career. I'm not, you know, probably gonna do this for the next 30 years. So me wanting to give a little bit back to, to some young coaches, um, some of the experiences I've learned with parents and, and motivating young men and, you know, what I know about the game of basketball. It's a little bit of me trying to give it back. Um, because that's where the next generation, the kids in college, the kids in high school are going to be. They're going to be on their computers, they're going to be on their phones, you know, learning about the game of basketball. So that's me trying to get back on that. Um, you know, other big discussions right now, the tomorrow, the basketball, the WIA, which is the association that kind of overlooks us, is meeting tomorrow to talk about things in basketball. There's been a lot of changes since I started coaching. Um, some of them I like, some of them I don't like. Um, high school basketball moved to halves this year, so two 16-minute halves, or 18-minute halves rather than um, eight-minute quarters. Uh, I'm kind of neutral on the halves. Uh, the difference, the, the issue I have with the halves is when you go to the state tournament, if any of you watched the high school state tournament, there are breaks at 15, 11, 7, and 3 for television timeouts. So there are eight breaks in a game that's supposed to be fluid, 
Um, and if you watch last night's game when they're checking the shot clock and they're doing all that stuff, it's basically the game is broken up into these small little pieces now. Um, I'm not a fan of that. I let the WI know that all season we don't do that. And then the two most important games of the year, they break it up into little, little pieces. Why are they doing that? Um, and I get my timeouts. So I could literally play one-minute games. Commercials. It's money. It's, it's absolutely money. In my opinion, it's money. So I, I get it, but um, I'm just not a fan of it. Then give us more timeouts during the year or go back to quarters. Um, but, again, it's moving toward summer AAU. If you've ever coached in the summer, they basically do two 20-minute halves. Running clock is the way most games in the summer are run. So they're moving toward that. I'm not a fan. You know, the women's NCAA women's moved to quarters, and then we moved to half. It's just, I don't know, sometimes I think we're just changing for the sake of changing. Um, so that's a, that's a big discussion, I think, with the WIA right now. Another big discussion is um, uh, the private schools, the rural, urban. Um, I don't think there's an answer to that problem. Um, I don't know. So it tends to be the smaller schools that have the concern with it. I, I don't know if there's an answer to the rural, urban. Um, you know, Edgewood won their girls won this year for the first. I mean, I think that was their first one, right? That was their first one, um, and Edgewood's been around Madison for a really long time. I I don't I don't know what the answer to this is. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's adding more divisions. I don't think that's the answer, but um, I'm sure they'll be just talking about that. Um, we were talking about this before that I miss I miss the uh, eight Division One teams. Obviously, I'm a Division One coach, so I miss Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening. Um, I think that was a really neat event. Um, things have changed. You know, we used to have a shoot around at the Kohl Center beforehand. Those they've gotten rid of those. Um, you know, I fought for those. I was I'm on the WBCA board. I have fought for it. The, the best week, the best whole thing the, the, of us winning the state championship. So we let's say let's pick 05. We won it in 05. That was a great experience. It was the first time we won a state championship. That wasn't the most fun we had that week. It was great, and the the, the celebration afterward was awesome. The Wednesday before the first game, we went to the Kohl Center. I don't know. It was like 8 a.m and did a shoot around for like 20 minutes with everybody that was on the team and then we went out and had breakfast. That The boys talk about that as much as they talk about the pep odd after with us winning in front of, you know, at the gym. Because everybody got to be on the floor. Everybody's happy because no one's played yet. <laughs> um, so that's always a good thing. And, you know, they got rid of that. So that's, that's another thing that I would hope they would bring back. Um, you know, I, why have we won? I, I was kidding at the beginning, but I really wasn't. We've had really good players, um, but I think it's a—it's like it's like, like making soup. It's a mixture of a lot of different things. I think we've had really good players. I think I've had a great administration. I've—I personally have had a great coaching staff, which balances me well. You know, a lot of you in here have run businesses. You know, I have my strengths, and as I've gotten older, I found out what my strengths are, what my weaknesses are. My weaknesses, I have someone else do. <laughs> um, and I have a staff that's really good at that. Unbelievably good. You know, I have someone on my staff that's really good at all the little stuff that I don't care about, um, you know, that are important, but I just, they're not on my radar. I have someone on my staff that does that. 
I have someone on my staff that's literally the, my X and O guy that will bounce stuff off. If I when I check my phone, there'll probably be something on there talking about next season already. But we should do this. We should work on this. Um, you know, and then I have someone else that kind of is good cop, bad cop with me because I think that's a really important thing. Um, so I think coaches, when they start out, underestimate their staff and how important it is because you spend so much time with them. Um, that I think that's one of the reasons we've had a lot of success. All those things make for a perfect storm. Um, and that's one of the reasons we've been successful. Um, are there any questions? Because I know I've had lots of questions, and everybody but the old man here can ask a question. He can't ask one. Okay, yes. My son played uh, at Memorial, graduated in 94. I'm, I'm curious how, if you would... 1994. Yeah. Okay. And uh, how would you compare and contrast how you coach with how Albert Dean coached, if you're familiar with how he coached, and then... Bruce Down, I think, followed him for yep. a couple of years, and then you, right? Yeah, it's been me yes, since 98-99, uh, I think, was my okay. first year. Because I there, there was a year or two before my son played that there were, there were a couple of guys, they called them the Twin Towers, and I think they had a lot of talent. And John Ellingson was a great outside shooter and all that, and yet they, you know... Oh, Bill, it was a Bill out? It was Bill. It was Bill. He's still number 10 because Chris, I mean, Bill's son is a, so, uh, is a sophomore, actually, on my, on, was on my team this year. Yep. And he, uh, it's funny because Chris was with, Chris Knight, who was the player of the year in the area, if you saw Chris in the paper, um, he was second team all state. He was AP. He was first team. I mean, really great kid going to Dartmouth. Um, so I'll probably work for him someday. Um, <laughs> But uh, he was—he ended up being the 11th leading scorer all time at Memorial. Bill's still 10th, so I was giving Bill a hard time about that. And there was a kid, Andy Dillhunt, who was a pretty decent player. Yeah, yeah. So twin towers I think there. I think Madison has changed a little bit. Um, I think uh, you know it goes back to I think you know Al and 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 I think we're sitting where we are because of what Al and what Bruce were able to do with the youth program with getting kids playing. Um, I think what's unique is Memorial is a very diverse community and um, we we're trying to get as many possible kids coming up playing in the youth program as we can. It's really hard. Um, we basically left the YMCA about three years ago and started our own. Hey everybody, thank you for listening. I hope you're really enjoying um, this discussion I'm having at the Hall of Fame Club. I, I know how much I really enjoyed it. I'm going to ask, ask you to do a couple things for me. If, if you're a coach out there and you're looking to, to, to broaden your horizons, if you're looking to improve your game, you know, we, we are getting to the point where it's, it, it, it's June now. You know, in, it, it, you can do the math. It's July, August, September, October. You know, we're four or five months from the beginning of basketball season. This is the time to start tweaking your craft and teachhoops.com is a great resource to do that it's got everything you'll need to be become a better coach both on and off the court i ask that you go over and look at look it over 14 day free trial i i guarantee you won't be disappointed with that um and another if you're if you're someone that wants to to be a patreon of the arts if you're someone that likes this podcast and wants to keep it going i'd ask that you go over to www.patreon.com slash coach unplugged and, and make a donation if you want to be a uh, 
uh, a subject of an, a future interview, if you have ideas for future podcasts, if anything like that, just go over and, and leave some input for us and, and we'd agree, greatly appreciate it. So let's get back to the it discussion. It was my first year. Because there, there was a year or two before my son played that there were, there were a couple of guys, they called them the Twin Towers, and I think they had a lot of talent. And John Ellingson was a great outside shooter and all that, and yet they, you know... Oh, Bill! It was a Bill out. It was Bill. It was Bill. He's still number ten because Chris, I mean, Bill's son, is a so, uh, is a sophomore actually, on my on, was on my team this year. Yep. And he, uh, it's funny because Chris was with Chris Knight, who was the Player of the Year in the area. If you saw Chris in the paper, um, he was second team All State. He was AP. He was first. Team. I mean, really great kid going to Dartmouth. Um, so I'll probably work for him someday. Um, <laughs> But uh, he was—he ended up being the 11th leading scorer all time at Memorial. Bill's still 10th, so I was giving Bill a hard time about that. And there was a kid, Andy Dillhunt, who was a pretty decent player. Yeah, yeah. So twin towers. I think I think Madison has changed a little bit. Um, I think uh, you know it goes back to I think you know Al and 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 I think we're sitting where we are because of what Al and what Bruce were able to do with the youth program with getting kids playing. Um, I think what's unique is Memorial is a very diverse community and um, we were trying to get as many possible kids coming up playing in the youth program as we can. It's really hard. Um, we basically left the YMCA about three years ago and started our own 501C or whatever it is. Um, and our athletic director is actually on the board and the president. We had a meeting on Sunday about it. Uh, we meet every month. Um, so that I think has been that's been a huge part of it that uh, that we have gotten the kids playing at a really young age before they put those ice skates on and before they jump in that pool um, <laughs> because those are our, those have all I mean Memorial Swim program probably one of the best in the nation you know I don't even know how many they won in a row it's crazy um, and so we were competing against for winter boy sports we were competing against swimmers and we were competing against hockey players. Um, we don't really compete against the wrestling team for the most part, unless I'm looking for a power forward. Um, so what we wanted to do is we just wanted to, no, we're not going to get all of them, but we just wanted them to have a taste of basketball at a really young age. And that was something we did very, very quickly. Um, and then, you know, you can see it, you can see it with North Carolina. You know, we've, as soon as you start winning, it's a, it's an interesting cookie. Um, because we were a really good team this year really good team, T-E-A-M. We were a really good team. Chris is a really good player, um, but I think we won this year because we had won the previous 13, and they, they believed that we were really good, and, they, and we were good, but um, winning breeds winning. It's, it's, it, I wish I could put it in a jar and sell it and tell you exactly how it works. I don't know. Um, but I can tell you, next year's group is worried about being the group that doesn't win the 15th one. And we'll, it will have to, I mean, it will be smoke and mirrors if we can do it next year, because we will not be the favorite. Um, but don't count us out, because they're already in the weight room, and they're already shooting, and they're already doing that, because they just don't want to be that group. Um, and it goes back to what I said with teenage boys. They have big egos, and they don't want to, dis and they don't want to disappoint. And deep down, and they got... Deep, deep, deep down, when you dig down there, they're little boys. <laughs> yeah, it is crazy. 
It is crazy. I have mellowed a lot. I have mellowed. Um, you know, because when I grew up, everybody wanted to be Bobby Knight. Uh, that was <laughs> everybody wanted to be Bobby Knight, and uh, yeah, I just you know I think you look at things with a little different perspective. And we've won. I think winning makes it a little bit easier. That you know it was hard to lose this year, but I kind of know where the the X game is, and that you know my brother told me something that was really profound. I don't know three or four years ago. He says if you're only happy if you win your last game, you're not going to be happy very often. So. Which is true. I'm still not happy that we lost, but um, you got to put it all in perspective. So, yes? Uh, I think I heard you say coaches are all recruiting the same players. But recruiting the same players. Oh, for, for winter sports, yes. Yeah, oh, for winter sports. Because I thought a high school. So <laughs> yeah, no, there's no recruiting. <laughs> I'm going to look right at the camera. Um, no. <laughs> No, for winter sports. So we have our group of 2,000. We have our group of 2,000 students. If I don't start getting them in third or fourth grade, and they're already on ice skates, I'm done. I've lost them. Yeah. They do. They do. Kids, you'd be surprised how much movement there is, though. Um, and it's weird because there's a lot of movement between Memorial and La Follette. I haven't figured that out yet. Why that is? It must be where they're living. Um, but. Uh, no, I mean four of my four of my five starters grew up playing. Well, they all went to SMG, so they've been playing together since they were in third grade. Um, so yeah, it's crazy. But it's like I gotta get them. Literally, the ice skates are bigger than the. Um, I gotta get them before they got those ice skates on in the pool. They all swim, it seems like. But um, I gotta get them before they start skating. Of all the kids you saw play this year, coach, could you name two or three that you think have Division One talent? In the state. Joey it, Hauser. Oh, Joey Hauser is a real deal. The Badgers will be lucky to get him. We we did a really good job on him, <laughs> um, a really 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 good job. Because you watch the next night, that's what I had seen on tape. Um, I think Kobe King's really good, R the little cross central guard that's coming here for the Badgers. Um, I I think Lacrosse Central probably could have won the whole thing. Like if we had put all our team all the teams together in a big pot and played each other, I think Lacrosse Central was that good. Um, I think Kobe King might, it's really hard to play in the Big Ten as a freshman, but I think he could really help a lot. Um, those would be the top two, probably. Those are probably, Hauser and Kobe would be the top two college prospects. Um, is Hauser a junior? He is a junior. Um, yeah, I mean, you got the Diener kid at Cedarbrook, who's obviously really, really good. Um, you got Jalen Johnson, who's except, who's a freshman and you know probably a top. Pro he is a top prospect in the 2020 class at some Prairie, um, so he's probably a high major by the time we're done. Uh, yeah, the, a lot of the talent in this area graduated. It, it's um, it's the first time Peg will, will probably never seen this. There were fifth, there's ten teams in the Big Ten in the Big Eight, so there's 50 starters. There were 42 senior starters this year in the Big Eight. So I've never seen that. I mean, I don't even remember that when I was a kid. It's crazy. So the league is basically going to reset next year with everybody playing new people. Um, so, you know, I think everybody that made first team all Big Big Eight this year is probably a Division One basketball player, which is, you know, pretty good. Um, but those, yeah, definitely Kobe King. He obviously is, he was obviously player of the year. 
um, got Mr. Basketball, he would be the, um, he's a great get for Wisconsin. Great get for Wisconsin. Yes? How do you keep them on track academically? <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, this year I didn't This year I didn't have a problem. This year our, um, I actually just got done nominating for um, Academic All-State. I think our average grade point average of all 13 guys was 3.4. Wow. Which is really good, yeah. And obviously that helps when you have a kid going to Dartmouth and then you got a couple, uh, another four point. But um, in the, that has not always been the case, trust me. That, is not, that has not always been the case. So the way we do it at Memorial is we do something called Tuesday reports. So I have access to them, so I always know if they're tardy or if they're absent um, or their grades. I can always look that up. But then every Tuesday, so today, before I left, um, they, we have a green report that they take around every day, or every Tuesday, and, I, and teachers sign it with their grades. So then they give it to their coach. So every Tuesday before practice, they get their Tuesday report. Um, so that allows me to see how they're doing academically. So if I have to ship them off out of practice, um, I can do that, and it, it gives me a heads up. The, the, the way the athletic code is written is if they get a non-passing grade on that Tuesday report, let's say this Tuesday, and then they get a non-passing on the next Tuesday, they're academically ineligible, they can't play until they get a passing. So um, we didn't have any issues with that, obviously with, with this year's team, because it was really smart. Um, but I have, you know, there's been times where it's like, I, they can't, haven't been able to come practice, so they gotta go see their teacher. So um, being in the building, this is something I didn't talk about. I don't know if I'd ever be a high school coach if I wasn't in the building. And it's becoming harder and harder and harder and harder and harder now. I would say when I started, uh, it was probably 80%, don't you think? I don't even know. I mean, the whole math department was, seemed like they were coaches when I started teaching in, in Memorial 22 years ago. And now I'd say a third of the staff is probably coaches in the building um, because teachers are so busy. The, the, the amount of stuff teachers are getting piled on with now is crazy, and they just don't want to, they just don't want to do it. Um, it's not for the money. I don't coach for the money. I think I'd make more work in a PDQ than I would in <laughs> coaching, yeah. Tell us a little bit about uh, how Dartmouth uh, recruited uh, Chris. I, I, I was how, how did they recruit him? I was just interested in pulling somebody out of Wisconsin. Uh, yeah. So I had a little bit to do with that, because I'm a Dartmouth grad, my brother's a Dartmouth grad. Um, so, that, so that helped. He had an, the Dartmouth coach had an in. Um, uh, you know, Chris was a Chris was a four point. Chris was a four point. Um, so, and I've talked to I've talked. Uh, Dartmouth was after him really hard. Brown was after him really hard. Yale was after him really hard. Harvard is almost in that Duke category now because Tommy Amaker is basically going to kind of get Duke guys. Um, so there were at least three three Ivies really hard after him. There's only a finite pool of players that the Ivies and the Stanfords and the can can recruit. So when they find a really good basketball player that's a four point, they're all over them. So I, once they found out that he, his grades and his ACT scores, the phone was ringing off the hook because you know they there's a lot of kids they that were playing last night in the in the championship game that they can't recruit because um, they can't get into school. Um, so their pool gets really small. So as soon as they find out that a kid's smart and can play, they they're all over them. And the way the way the Ivy Leagues work is so Chris is going there; he's not paying anything. Um, 
he, uh, he doesn't have to pay anything. If your parents make less, I think it's less than $145,000, you basically can go to an Ivy League school for free. Um, so you basically get, they'll pay for you to go. Um, and then if, in, in another Ivy League rule is, if Harvard offers a package that looks like this, then any other Ivy League school can match it. Because they don't want them to compete, they want them to pick the right school. So, um, so that's an interesting facet about the Ivy League. So as soon as Harvard or Yale got involved and said, hey, we'll make this happen, then the other ones just start jumping in. So um, that's, yeah. But that's how, that was his in. There were some other Ivies looking at him. Brown was in, Brown was probably the first one in. As soon as I knew Chris was open to the idea, then I called the Dartmouth coach and we opened some doors up for him. But. What's the quality and, of basketball? In the Ivy? Yeah. It's really good. It's gotten much better. Um, the Harvard made it better. Um, it, used to be. it used to be it used to be poor and they couldn't compete. Um, but Tommy Amaker, who used to be at Michigan, took over the Harvard job because his wife's a professor at Harvard. And then he basically started recruiting yeah, and do kind of do kind of players. And then as soon as he got good, then Yale started doing it, and then it's it's gotten better. It's gotten to the point where they can compete on a national level, probably the top two or three. It used to be considered a snobbish conference. It did. It did. Um, it, I, don't, I don't know if it is anymore. <laughs> but it's definitely kids want to go there. You know, they didn't want to go there before, and they have their own. They have their own like um, TV channel now, like uh, Ivy.com or something, where you can. So they all kind of do that online and stuff. So that's open it up so parents can watch and stuff. Yes? Um, you said you communicate with the kids. How do you keep the parents out of the <laughs> <laughs> How do I keep the parents? I've been, I've, I've won. I've won. Winning's helped. So I don't have a lot of complaints like I used to. Um, you know, because if I'm talking to them, they don't go home and talk to their parents, but they're at least satisfied that I'm communicating with them. They're not as happy with it. Um, there's all sorts of social, like I use an app called Remind.com, which is basically this way that I can text them. Kids don't check emails, to be honest with you. They don't really check emails anymore. Um, so I have to text them if I want to communicate with them. Um, I don't remember the last athlete that I actually called on the phone and talked to them. I mean, it's crazy, because they, I mean, they'll pick up, they will, they talk to me, but they would rather have me text them um, the communication that we need to do. It's, it's, that's just the world that they live in, and then they, they will respond to me very quickly. Um, a lot, I bet half of them don't even have their voicemail boxes set up on their phones. Um, but how do I keep the parents out? I, I don't mind talking to parents. I will always talk to parents. Um, the only rule is I won't talk to parents right after a game. That's the first rule. The second rule is I will not talk to someone's parents that I cut for 48 hours. Then I'll talk to them as much as they want. I want them to calm down because it's hard to deal with an irrational person rationally. Um, so that's my, those are my only two rules. I will always talk to parents. My door is always open. Um, I've, I had a couple parents this year come in and talk to me. They just wanted to know what their son could do better and where they were standing. And I was honest with them and, um, you know, but most of the time, if the kids are satisfied, then the parents are satisfied. Um, at least if they know what their role is. So that goes back to that role thing. I think it's, 
you know, I think a lot of coaching and parent issues. He uh, he's played football, got hurt at the end of football season, and then uh, it took him probably three weeks to get in basketball shape. Volleyball players, it maybe takes a week. Um, just because it's, if you think about football, football is a very short spurt of exertion, and then it's a rest. Basketball tends to be longer stretches. Right? You go a minute or two minutes, and then you rest. Two minutes or two minutes, and then you rest. Football's 12 seconds, and then you stop. Rest, then you go another 12 seconds. So it takes me, it takes me longer with football players. And then I haven't had many soccer players recently, but soccer players are the worst because they get all the bad injuries. And they're all the achy, naggy kind of injuries that linger. Wesley was Wesley was a soccer player. He would come from soccer season and just be all beat up because there's no pads. <laughs> they play a long stretch and they get all these nagging injuries. So soccer is actually the hardest one for the basketball coach. Um, if, it, if they get hurt in football, it tends to be a big one. Like they've torn something or they've broken something, and then that happens. What are you going to do about it? But. Um, Soccer is the worst as far as that conversion from the fall to the winter. Yes? Thinking about AAU basketball <laughs> and watching high school basketball over the years, it seems that to me that AAU basketball has resulted in a decline of basic skills <coughs> in the players and has promoted more unsportsmanlike behavior like taunting. Uh, give you an example. In the last two West games I did, there were nine, a total of nine technicals in the game because of unsportsmanlike behavior. Do you agree that that those things have declined? One is increased, and one's declined, and it's a due to AAU basketball. Um, well, first of all, a couple. One thing with AAU basketball, I think there's more injuries. <gasps> I definitely think there's more injuries because these kids are playing too many games. Like my son last year, I shut him down from AAU last year. Didn't let him play. Um, he's playing again this year. We'll see how it goes. If it's not great, then I'll shut him down next year. Um, and the reason he was able to probably make the sophomore team in my program is because he took that year off and worked on his skills. Um, so injuries is definitely something AAU basketball has done. Um, you know, Keaton, I, I've seen, well, Keaton's done playing now because of his knees. Jerron got done because of his knees. And it's because they were playing all those games on weekends. I think it just warm out. I mean, I think it's like a uh, it's like a glass, and I think it can only go so full. When you when you empty the glass, you're done with those knees and the, especially the big bodies. So I think that's one thing AAU has done. I definitely think the European system is better than the U.S. system in the sense that they work on skills and play less games. So you can see the European players when they come to the NBA and our players. Um, LeBron is not normal. Steph Curry is not normal. Those are exceptions to the rule. Um, from the stats teacher, they are way over here. Um, so I think skill set has gone down. USA Basketball is trying its best. I have somebody coming on my podcast in like three weeks, um, Don Showalter, who's uh, head of the USA Youth Basketball Program. So him and I are going to talk about that. He, I think they're trying. I think USA Basketball is really trying. Um, I think the only way that this changes is the NCAA has to step in has to take all the power away from the AAU club, clubs and coaches and has to put it back into the high schools. Um, is that gonna happen? Probably not because it's a billion dollar industry. 
North Carolina wins. Next commercial is buy the merchandise. If you watched it last night, it was crazy, right? It was like buy merchandise, buy. So I don't think it's going to change. I think it should. Um, most high school coaches are in it for the right reason. Not that not that AAU coaches aren't. I know great AAU coaches. We have tons of them in this in this state that are awesome. Um, but a lot of them are in for the money. Um, so they're in for to get the kids to play and then cash the checks. Um, and I think Wisconsin basketball is actually where it is because we have some good, really good AAU programs. Um, but I- well, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. You know, it's a little bit different than, than what we've done in the past. Next year, next week, we've got a really great interview coming up. I'm, I'm going to leave that one kind of as a tease a little bit. Um, but I'm going to ask you again, please go over and check out teachhoops.com. You know, it's the essential resource for any coach at any point in their coaching career. It doesn't matter if you're just starting out. It doesn't matter if you've been coaching for a really long time like me. You know, there's on-demand videos. There's monthly office hours. There's, you know, I, I can personally tell you the stuff we're working on right now is going to be great. We're working on practice planning. We're working on uh, how to deal with parents. We're working on a weight program, depending on where, where kids are at what specific level. You know, it's a 14-day free trial. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, delve in and give you a little secret at this point we are going to increase prices people everyone that's in right now is going to stay at the same price anybody that gets in in the next i don't know next month or so is going to be able to stay in at that specific price um so go check it out um you know i'm going to give you a special coupon code save 10 we'll give you 10 percent off the lifetime of your membership at teachhoops.com um, and again, go down and please subscribe and like, um, leave a review. We, and no matter which, which way you listen to your podcast or how you listen to it, we would really appreciate it. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network.